0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. We are back here with another episode, episode two recap of Survivor season 42. My name is Dylan Bird. I'm your host alongside my co-host, Ryan Winthrop. Ryan, we had, you know, another good episode tonight, another episode that made me really, really high on this cast going forward. Um, As you said, kind of, as you said before, we were talking kind of felt like a classic Survivor episode. What were your thoughts, Ryan? And happy to be here again.
1: Yeah. No, uh Dylan, happy to be here talking Survivor with you again. Um, I think you sums it up perfectly. Felt like a classic episode um, in general, and I really enjoyed it. Cast is great two episodes in. And another reason why I felt like classic survivor is you know, who needs Robin Amber when we have Marianne and Zach? That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs>
0: well, you know, you know, uh that, that was that was a pretty funny aspect that was added into this episode. And again, we'll talk a lot about Marianne later. Um now, this this again, like you said, classic survivor episode, classic challenge. Um, now before we go into things chronologically here, one thing that I am really happy with um early in this season is that they're clearly editing the game differently than it was edited last season. And I believe also maybe they were a little bit overwhelmed by how many twists product by how many like production was overwhelmed by how many twists they put into the game that early last time. And I mean it showed in this in the screen time of last season where basically three quarters of the first three episodes were all advantage heavy and completely based on that we didn't even know the people that were playing we didn't know our cast um next thing we know um you know it got better as the season went on but like you know fast forward to this season and there's already um not not a huge focus on advantages this early and we're focused more on the cast and as a result I mean, I'm not sure if it's just, you know, a, a more likable or better cast or they're just editing it differently and making the cast seem more likable. But I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed with this cast so far. And I feel like I'm getting to know pretty much everybody already. Like there's nobody that I really feel that I don't really know yet. Um, and I think that's, you know, testament to the editing change in this season.
1: Yeah, no, I completely concur. I, I, I think that. The editing from, and granted, they are still doing some backstories. They are still doing some things from 41, but I think the editing is definitely more even across the board. I think the biggest um, indicator of that is that last season, you could argue we knew Ua very well because they kept losing. And then we knew um, Yase pretty well because of the whole, you know, Knowledge is Power and Xander's Beware Advantage and Evie and Tiffany. So we knew them pretty well, but you could argue that we didn't know Luvu Really, at all until the merge, because all we really saw was that Deshaun wanted to throw a challenge to get rid of Erica, and that was it this season. I mean, granted, yes, you know, um, Vati the Green Tribe has lost one, Ika the Blue Tribe has lost one. Uh, sorry, sorry, Taku. let see, I'm already messing them up. Taku, Orange, i Ika, Blue have lost the challenge already, so we've gotten to know them, but we've gotten to know Vati the Green Tribe pretty well, even though they haven't lost. Like, I could tell you a decent amount about each person in the game and where they're aligned. So that just shows you that the editing is certainly better and it's more focused on the characters. Like you said.
0: Right. And I I don't think it hurts that like we have some great players on this green tribe. It's pretty evident. Now, again, we had great players in the blue tribe. Like we had, several players that went to final seven and, you know, we had the winner of the game on the, on the Luvu tribe last season, but it was like, there was no re there was no particular reason to show them until the seer found the idol. So like right now we have, obviously we'll talk about it, but Mike finds the beware advantage here. And, you know, there's a reason to show them, but I also think that this group is a very interesting. Um I, I think this group is very interesting. And I think it's one that will probably have a huge impact on the game. And I think that's why, you know, They are being shown. Plus, I'm sure they've learned from their mistakes last season. So it is great to see. So like normal, we will uh, go through this episode chronologically. I don't expect this podcast to be nearly as long as the last one, as uh, obviously you know, typical episode here, not a two-hour one. But before we get started here, just wanted to remind everyone to be sure to subscribe to this channel, like this video, really helps us out. Also, you could follow us on social media at Soul Survivor Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify. Links are in the description below. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple. That really helps us out. Uh, and let's get to it. If you, as normal, if you got any questions, um, be sure to drop them in the chat. Um, and we will try and get to as many as we could at the end of the episode. But, you know, we kick off here. Episode two, we are at the Ica tribe who just went to tribal council, um, last episode. And we see, you know, Zach voted out last episode and we see, you know, Tory reflecting on that. Um, kind of, we, we see, from this, you know, blue tribe, and I'm just going to refer them to refer refer to them as colors until it's I probably probably out. better. And, you know, yeah. and a lot of people may not know what I'm talking about because I'm sure you know some people just think about it as colors like I do. Um, but the blue tribe, you know, they were kind of showing you the emotions of the game even this early. We're on, I believe, it was day three, and you know, Tori is like, well, like there's like a jealousy factor that he's about to go eat a cheeseburger and he's about to go sleep in a bed, and they're going back right out to camp. You know, it just shows the emotional toll that. Um survivor does take on you and i i kind of i think it's an interest there there's kind of an interesting dynamic going on in this blue tribe like i I really like them um and I, I'm rooting for them to do well, but at the same time i'm like I, I can't really get a read on whether or not they're good players. <laughs>
1: Well, Dylan, I think the reason is because this is our hot mess tribe. Every season, or at least every three-tribe season, we always have our Matt Singh. We always have our hot mess tribe. Last last season, it was the green tribe, and now this time, it's the blue tribe. And you're right, it's kind of hard to get a read on them, and we'll see later in the episode why, because people make an alliance, and someone rats it out a second later, so you never know what's going to happen with this blue Ica tribe. But yeah, no, I mean, this was a pretty simple scene when we opened the episode coming back from the vote, because zach was voted out unanimously the first time in history and you know nobody um was left out of the loop which you know and and there there have been votes before where it's like nine to one and everyone comes back to camp on the same page but like this time genuinely it was unanimous unanimous vote so no one has to do damage control no one's been left out of the vote yet so you know pretty simple scene but um i I think this basically i know some people don't want to see the crying i I have some friends who were texting me they're Kind of, they're very old school fans, and like, oh, I, I don't like the backstories. I hate the slow mo. I don't like the crying and the sob stories. But like, I mean, if you go back to the earlier seasons, like people, you know, show their emotions. People talk about that their backstories, and we get to know these these players as actual people. So I think it's interesting to see these people vulnerable. So
0: yeah I, I think again i think they're doing a good job of kind of making us know everyone like i feel like i know almost everyone on the blue tribe pretty well just like to get to get started there mm-hmm. um and again we're going to talk about them in a little but you know right now let's move to taku where it goes right after that and we have you know marianne who has he, you know she has a ton of energy um she's you know hitting the uh hitting the wood with the with the um the machete on the bamboo <laughs> Um, Jonathan's moving out of the way cause he doesn't trust her, uh, you know, and then you have, you know, Omar is informing everyone about how, you know, his life, he's a Muslim. Um, he has all these traditions because of that, that he follows because of his religion. He just wants to like, you know, let everyone know. So if he's doing something specifically, it doesn't look, you know, if he's going to pray, it doesn't you know look like he's, you know, um, going to look for an idol. Um, I, I think this was, uh, this was, you know, really like good, good move by Omar. I think he's like connecting with people very well. Um, especially for somebody who seems like he could have been like an odd person out um, preseason based on his, just strictly based on his bio, he is really doing a great job of connecting um, with people. And I, I think again, like it's he, he, for whatever reason, uh, and I don't know if he's just this type of guy, Omar, he comes off as, you know, very authentic when he talks. Like he, I cannot like picture him lying. So, like, I, I could see, like, when, you know, when he, like, when he's talking to the tribe, people are going to believe him. And I think that's, you know, something to watch out for later in the season. You know, that's just my vibe on Omar right now.
1: Yeah, so Omar, I mean, obviously, I can't compare these two players yet because we're still early on. But Omar, you know, has that, that type of David Wright energy where David Wright's, you know, you know a bit, a bit, you know, smaller, you know, especially compared to Jonathan. And, you know, David would make jokes and people would laugh and he was very funny. Um and, you know, I get that vibe from Omar. You know, Omar's making jokes like, "I what did he say? That he didn't pee standing up until he was like 25 yeah, and, and he's yeah. and, and he's a 30-year-old version, but he doesn't want to be a 40-year-old version, you know, yeah. according to Steve Carell movie. So, like, you know, he has that type of David Wright energy where he's very charismatic. He's very funny and he he brings people in. So it, it, I think it was funny because Omar brings people in that way. And Marianne is obviously very likable, but she has a lot of energy the thing that I found interesting about this, other than Marianne's like you know shining reference, like here's Johnny, here's Marianne, um, is that I know preseason we were talking about people maybe looking to vote out Marianne because she's very likable and she could be a threat to win the game, kind of like like an Elaine you could say. And I guess what I didn't consider was like how much energy she has. Like, it's it's great to have energy out there because you're very bored out there. But when you are like at at a ten for 24 hours it might start to wear on people and i actually didn't consider that i mean i had a feeling she wasn't going to go home tonight but i didn't take into account that you could have energy in the game and people will be drawn to you based on your energy but if you're kind of overbearing with it it might start to grate on people a little bit
0: marianne to me is like she's like a combination of like a and again I, i mean this in a good way um she's like a combination of like an elaine a nora and a jd all in one like she has so Mm. much energy she i think she knows what she's doing she just like she just she just talks a lot and there's nothing wrong with that but in the game of survivor you need to try to you know you got to try to blend in a little bit um and not you know stick out completely but i think she's like she has that nora type energy she has like that personality where like everyone likes her with like elaine and like JD, um, but at the same time, when I say JD, like she, I, I do think she knows what she's doing in the game. I think she's a big fan of the show, so it just, I, I think she's like kind of a you know, she likes like that oddball, weird combination of all three of that. And I love it, yeah. I think it's great TV. I think she's clearly becoming a fan favorite. Uh, I don't know how long she lasts in this game, we'll have to see. It's going to depend a lot on how well they could do in challenges, but she is great TV.
1: Yeah. And again, this is another weird comparison because I'm not, I'm not comparing them at all. But this I, I think back to a great confessional from Palau when, um, you know, Wanda is singing in the boat and she just keeps singing. And then Co- Kobe is like she just kept going and going and going and going. And that's kind of the vibe I got where people were like, Marianne's so fun. And then you're like, OK, she's she's at this level for the whole day. But it was just
0: it was fun to see. We have a comment and I, I again I usually I wait I wait until I know, I I,
1: I, you saw me laughing I couldn't I was chuckling
0: <laughs> we have a comment from Christian here comment of the night already even though we're early on he says Marianne equals Billy Garcia <laughs> unbelievable Whoa. comparison from uh, Christian yeah. here in the comments. Um yeah, it was, but let's, it was, let's, it was so good. We, we are gonna get to Taku more in a bit, especially because they go to tribal council right after this. We go to Vati, the Green Tribe, where you know we see Chanel and Jenny trying to catch a crab tries eating it but we get you know that personal again another personal story backstory kind of of hi he's vegan so he you know he's facing this ethical dilemma of whether or not he's going to just go by go go and eat coconuts the entire you know time but he realizes he can't do that in order to stay in the game he's got to eat you know the fish and the crabs so eventually he decides to eat it um again this was just a kind of another example and this was similar to the omar thing just like kind of getting to know each people on a, each person on a personal level. I know like some people you know they may not love personal backstories and survivor. Um, but I, I think that survivor is re- they like really hurt us when we were not happy about not knowing a lot of a lot about a lot of players last season. They're putting a lot of these personal moments in so we could feel this personal connection early on um and it'll make it a better season ultimately so again this was pretty good cool moment to see uh again as i keep saying in you know pun intended i'm very high on high going forward so it was good to get to know him a little bit more
1: yeah no i mean obviously showing growth you don't want to read too much until like a winner a winner edit but obviously this is good stuff for high because he you know he recognizes like look you know this is something that goes against you know what i believe in and it makes me uncomfortable but listen we we say all the time dylan in a six-person tribe especially early on, you're looking for any reason to get rid of somebody. And the last thing high wants, as a a big fan of the show is to go home because he doesn't fit in with eating the, uh, eating meat or eating the crab. So, you know, I, I commend him for, you know, saying to himself, like, listen, I'll have to, you know, you know, figure out some things later, but right now it's good for my game. So I'm going to do it. Um, and i you know right away people were like oh nice hi like i'm sure they were proud of him for trying it like i guarantee you if he went to have a few bites and then said i don't want to do anymore they would have been proud of him for even giving it an attempt so i guess good for him
0: yeah i definitely agree and now uh we go back to the blue tribe here and this is probably the last time we're going to talk about the blue tribe um other than maybe the challenge for a few minutes because they end up you know not going to tribal um kind of a weird foreshadowing moment um here in this and we saw a little bit of this in the preview of the episode but um Obviously, not a lot. Um, Drea says she has her alliance with Roxroy and Romeo. However, she wants to expand her options and kind of have a girls' alliance with Swati and Tori. Um, Tori and Swati, however, at first it looked like they were all in, and then they spoke individually, and they were like, well, what if we just vote Drea out? And I was like, whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa, whoa. First of all, and I was like, are you, I was like, are you kidding me? So like Tori was clearly on the chopping block last episode, obviously Zach went home, but Tori looked like she was in trouble and she's going to turn around and instead of just taking the numbers in a three, two, she's going to now want to vote out Drea, who's the biggest threat, um, but you know, not go with the numbers and then all of a sudden you're at a two, two again. So And, you know, you voted out your most physical player, your strongest competitor, your your strongest player in, you know, obviously they don't know that the tribes are going to get whittled down, but they don't have any signal of a tribe saw coming. You have to win challenges early. And Drea is clearly the strongest person on your tribe for that. So, I mean, not only did I do, I think it was, it was dumb of them to even, you know, question voting her out in terms of, in terms of a numbers game, um, I, I think it was just, it didn't make any sense on any level. But the fact that they kind of hinted that a girls' alliance could happen makes me think that maybe they will get together for a vote or two here or there coming up. Um, and I hope that, obviously, again, we just, this was literally a two, one to two minute segment of the episode. I think this is possibly foreshadowing a girls' alliance of them down the road. Um, and I hope that they reconsider the alliance with Drea. Why wouldn't you want to use, you already know she has the extra vote you know, if she is going to use it against you, then you know, it's coming. Why not take, why not use her to your advantage as a number? And then you have a three, two advantage in your tribe, especially if you're Tory who was on the, who was, you know, almost on the outs last vote. So again, I, I, I hope that Swati and Tory reconsider this because I think it's their best option moving forward in this tribe. So
1: it's interesting because, you know, we know from last week that basically where the tribe stands is that um, like you said, Romeo, Roxroy, and Drea have an alliance, but I think it's pretty clear that Tori was on the bottom. At least that's what they showed because Swatzi has a, it has an in with Roxroy and the vote was between Tori and Zach, especially because Romeo didn't want to lose his, his side alliance with Zach. So I thought the whole episode, if this tribe loses, I think Tori's the one that goes. And I think with Drea, I, I don't blame her for wanting to expand her options because, she, I mean, technically, if that three-person alliance holds, she's in the majority. But she's saying to herself, if somebody flips, I want to have my options. I don't blame her for it. But I think the only thing I'm questioning is she and Tori have been at odds pretty much you know, the last episode. And I think we have heard from exit interviews that, you know, oh, well, Tori and Drea, you know, weren't clicking right away. So I, I, I see why she wants to make a women's alliance to expand her options. But I am a bit surprised that she went to them with this because as you see right away, that she leaves and Swati and Tori are like, we should get rid of her. And Tori's like, I've been saying this, you know, the way forward is to get rid of Drea and this tribe. But again, I do agree with you that, I mean, they're going to keep Jonathan for strength. They have to keep Drea for strength. Like Drea clearly is the strongest person on this tribe. And I don't think they can afford to lose her. Uh, so I listen, listen, maybe this is foreshadowing a Drea downfall, but I mean, I just feel like Tori's still in the worst spot in this tribe personally.
0: So my get, my my guess on Drea is, you know, obviously it's great to be friends with everybody in your tribe. Obviously it could be a double-edged sword in the fact that people could realize that you're really playing the game. Maybe it's possible because if you're in spot, you have to realize like, not, I don't think any of us think Roxroy is going far in this game. Maybe maybe she's a little bit afraid of, you know, being with Roxroy long-term in the fact that he could be somebody that goes. And then all of a sudden, if you don't have a relationship with Tori and Swati, it could be problematic. So I I don't know. I I think it, it was good to keep her options open. I think that, I think that that is the way that at least that's the way that Tori and Swati should go. I don't know. Drea, obviously she has her options and she has to evaluate who would be better for her game going forward. I think the reason she doesn't like, or she, she seems to be at odds with Tori is because I think that they're both playing really hard. And when two players play really hard at the same time, it's, they're going to clash. Like just think of Dom and Chris Noble, you know, in ghost islands, they were completely crashing, clashing for half the season because they were both playing so hard and trying to be that, that guy. So, um, I think that, you know, that could be a reason now before we just move on from this tribe completely again, like you said, they are kind of the hot mess tribe as of now. Um, and I, I'm trying to get some kind of read on it. I can't really tell if I, I still can't really tell if Tori's is going to end up going far or if she's going to fizzle out soon. I can't really tell if Drea is, you know, going to have kind of this also fizzle out or just, or go far. It's it just, I think everything's kind of a mystery, but Romeo does seem to be in a pretty good spot. We haven't mentioned him yet.
1: Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's interesting. Like I think Drea in a way was trying to do what Romeo was, is doing because I, th- I said to you last week after we talked about Zach going home, I thought Romeo was in the best spot because he has a three-person alliance and I don't think Swati is shown to go after him nor Tori. And if anybody was to leave that tribe, I told you last week, it would either be Tori because she's on the bottom, potentially Rox if they get tired of him being bossy or if they make a power move against Drea. I think Romeo would be in one of the safer spots on this tribe. And I think when Drea tries to make an alliance with the girls... I think she's trying to position herself kind of like where like you said, she's good with everybody like Romeo is, but she was a bit more, you know, obviously upfront about it and a bit more blatant about it. And um, the thing I'll be curious to, to um, think about as the week goes on as we head into next episode and and as I absorb and listen to my other podcasts, um, she went to them and she said to solidify this, I'm going to tell you I have an extra vote. I'm curious if people are saying to themselves like, could she, would they would they have immediately turned around and said let's target her if she just said I want to make a girls thing but didn't feel the need to mention that she has an extra vote yet because technically if she catches a whiff that the girls are going to turn on her or even if like they rope in let's just say they rope in Romeo for example she can still have rocks and then her her extra vote so I'm wondering if her saying that she has the extra votes let alone the amulets is like what t- maybe tip them over as well I don't know
0: yeah I would not have done that if I were Drea. Um, again, obviously this seems to be a tactic of, uh, several players in these new school seasons, but, yeah. uh, we'll have to see what happens going forward. Um, now to move on, we have into Taku tribe, Omar and Jonathan, um, you know, becoming kind of sort of a power duo that nobody expected. And we spoke about this preseason, um, where, he, where you know, we were looking at Omar's bio and Omar said he did not like Ozzy. And meanwhile, we had Jonathan who said he wants to play the game like Ozzy. And you said, how are uh, Jonathan and Omar going to work together if Omar doesn't like this type of guy? this type of player? I was wrong. And next thing we know, we have some sort of uh, Christian Mayor of Slamtown uh, duo thing going on here. Uh, and I, t- I tweeted that out. I was like, this just reminds me of Christian and uh, Mayor of Slamtown. You got this huge guy, and then you got you know this Omar type. And and they are broing out, and they are a duo, and it looks like they are completely locked in. Maybe as locked in as we've seen any duo so far, and I absolutely love to see that. Also, Jonathan seems to be pretty close to uh, Lindsay. Um, so I think that they're like a strong three right now. That was pretty clear by the the way that the Tribal Council shaked out. Um, I think that, like you said, it, it would be shocking to see them lose again anytime soon. So this these these three or four depending on whether or not Marianne makes it or not could be pretty, pretty strong going forward.
1: Yeah. So, and again, like like I said, I was wrong. I did not think they were going to align, but you know, all the time we see, you know, odd couples form. I mean, listen, you can go back to season and for any people that are like, Oh, I don't like this Alliance or whatever. People get all, you know, they complain about nothing. You go back to season one, Rich and Rudy aligned and you know, you have Rudy, who's a 72 year old, um, a retired Navy SEAL, and you have Richard, who's a uh, mid-40s, 50s uh, gay man. So, like, you can look for odd couples anywhere. So, I, 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 again, I was wrong. I did not think they were going to align. Um, but, no, it was pretty cool to see. And uh, we, you and I were texting, and I think we had been m- more impressed with Jonathan. I think we had a certain perception of Jonathan heading in, and he seems to be doing pretty well. He's obviously, like you said, tight with Lindsay. He and Omar click very well, and he wants to get to know Marianne. I don't think this tribe is going to lose again, but that's what that's what I said last week. But if they do lose, I would be very curious what happens because if we have a two versus two, is it going to come down to Marianne's extra vote? Is uh, Omar gonna may- maybe want to go with Jonathan and Lindsay, perhaps? So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if Orange Taku loses again. Even though I don't think they, uh, I don't think they will.
0: Yeah, and I. uh I, I can't tell. I think John. If I had to go with a with a comparison for, and I'm, I'm trying to come up with as many comparisons as I could, as you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to come up with a comparison for Jonathan, um, it, it would be the Mayor of Slamtown from season 37. Like I, that. That's kind of how I'm seeing him right now. It's like you know this huge guy, but like is really doing well with social game connecting and kind of seems like he knows what he's doing. Again, we're only two episodes in. We haven't seen a lot happen yet. Um, things could change as the game goes on. But I'm getting good vibes from him, you know. And he said he was gonna try to lower his threat level. And I think as of now, he's you know doing a better job than I expect socially.
1: So you're saying he's our next mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, Johnny Tsunami, the Shaman of Sexy, the Wednesday Wednesday nights <laughs> you're saying he's the, the, the next guy. Yes. yes, yes. So okay. Um oh and the other thing before we, we move on to the next tribe is um only because we do lose Mar- Mariah this episode. Um, you know. We knew kind of once this tribe lost, as we'll get into, that she was probably going to go home, but we do get her her backstory package where she talks about what she mentioned in the pregame interviews, that her brother was the first um, uh, healthcare care worker in the U.S. to die from COVID. And it was uh, a very, you know, emotional thing for her. And, um, you know, I, I did feel bad. I, I do think, you know, she did feel kind of on the outs there, but I'm glad she was able to share her story at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, we kind of predicted from the pre from the pregame press that she was going to be on the outs of this tribe, just because like her in terms of her age, she didn't really blend in with anybody but Jackson and then Jackson got pulled. So like that was immediately um, a problem for her. Um, and again, nothing you could do about that. I I definitely feel bad for her um, in terms of that. Um, but yeah, um, shout out to, you know, the healthcare workers. And, you know, that was a really great story um, that she had about her brother. So mm-hmm. that was, you know, uh, again, there you know some people you know don't love that you know all these crazy backstory, crazy you know backstories are in are in Survivor right now. But I think that was that was amazing to hear from her, um, and you know definitely great story. So, um, now in terms of now we move from Taku here to the Va- Vati, the Green Tribe, where we have our first Beware Advantage found of the season, and it is by Mike, um. Mike, again, I did not expect a lot from him this season, you know, again, completely based on pregame press. And all of a sudden we have, you know, Mike, you know, searching the jungle and finding the, the beware advantage. And I thought Mike was doing such a great job last week. Like he seemed like the non-threatening leader of the tribe. And that's very, that's very hard to pull off. So usually when you're a leader, you're in the power position, you are a big target. But, you know, sometimes you have a personality like Mike where, you know, you're a little bit older, you know, you're 58 years old or 57 or however old he is. And, you know, yeah, if you're on Survivor and you see this guy, you're like, oh, okay, he won't be like. And again, he doesn't look like he's 58, but you're like, oh, I don't think I don't think this, you know, this guy's 58 years old. I don't think he'll be a huge, huge threat in this game. Um, And next thing we know, he's searching the jungle and finding a beware advantage, which, again, like last season, can only be activated as an idol if, you know, all the phrases are said on, you know, between the three tribes and they find it as well, but right away, as you know, a lot of people do in this new age of survivor, he goes and tells Jenny and he goes and tells Daniel. I mean, Boston Rob said on Twitter,
1: and I'm sure a lot of other uh, older alums feel this way, like, Hey, the new school can't keep the mouth shut anymore. You find something you don't tell anybody. So yeah, I'm very surprised that Mike, um, okay. I'm not surprised he told Jenny cause Jenny is his number one, but then, He goes and tells Daniel. And in a small tribe of six, it's going to spread like wildfire. Like Now the four people know himself, Jenny, Daniel, and Chanel. I would not be shocked if High and Lydia find out as well. Um, But yeah, he finds this advantage, Dylan, and we get our first phrase of the season, which is, uh, the game of soccer has such grace, it makes me want to cry. And as Mike says immediately in confessional, i can't do a jersey accent but like i don't like soccer i I coach my boys football game and i told yeah. them soccer's not even a real sport i don't believe i don't believe in soccer so he, he offended all the soccer aficionados out there but um no it's just, mike is just fun mike is just fun to watch
0: yeah i think again i he he still gives off that even though this will make him a lot more threatening he still gives off that non-threatening um non-threatening vibe even if he's not trying like he he told daniel that he found the idol but then it, proceeds to immediately lose the idol that he buried himself which was by the way hilarious it's just like like again he's just finding ways and this is not even intentional it's just his personality he does not seem like a threatening player even though he might be a threatening player like him him even him losing it that the idol is just like daniel couldn't believe it like daniel's sitting here like oh like um you know i'm supposed to fear fear this guy you know he just found an idol he's giving me all this information and meanwhile he can't even find it. like i can't even believe it by the way daniel when he, when Mike told him and found it finally, uh, and he was reading it, him being like so excited, like as a super fan and like, Oh, this was a good, Jeff had a great idea. That, that was hilarious to see. Daniel has, I lo- I love Daniel. Daniel has a lot of great commentary at, throughout the thing. And he had it in the challenge also when he was sitting out and they kept showing it. It was, it was absolutely great. Um, but again, uh, we'll have to see what happens with Mike and whether, again, I feel like you have to kind of tell at least one person when you don't have a vote. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he needs to go a step to tell Daniel, um, because Daniel, Daniel is maybe he might be the smartest, smartest player on the season that we've seen so far. And again, it's very early, but his idea to immediately like, like this was, and again, my brother made this comment, um, what we were watching together tonight. Um, it's kind of crazy how the season 42 cast, even though they haven't seen season 41, they're handling these new advantages that they have never seen before a lot better than the season 41 cast did. Like Xander was like, like all of them on that tribe were so panicked. They didn't really know what to do um, when all this happened. And you know, Xander found the aware advantage. He told everyone first of all, but then like, they were all like shocked. They didn't know what to do. You know, the Daniel, like he saw this advantage. He read it once. And he was like to Chanel, he's like, Oh uh, we need to make sure that Idol never activates. Um, so either we can vote Mike out or just convince him never to say it. And look, Mike did not say the phrase tonight at the challenge. So although we did not see whether or not he convinced him to do that or not, I think that's something we'll find out later on. Um, either Mike is not going to say it and stay on the good side of Daniel and Chanel and maybe the rest of the tribe, or he is going to say it. And he's, you know, going to be a big threat and maybe others will get the idols activated. So I actually think that Daniel may be able to pull this off and try to convince Mike not to say it uh, in some sort of, you know, like we'll be we'll be tight together. I'll protect you if you don't activate the idols. This is like an extra layer of game theory that we didn't really see last season. It was kind of just like chaos of people trying to say the phrases at the right time. So it's all going to be really interesting to see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, I think that the, the, I think there's a lot a lot to unpack here, um, especially because once we get past the challenge, the rest of the episode kind of flew by in the last 15 minutes. Nothing of note really happened there. But um, this is interesting because, well, for one, I think you and I were pretty much aligned in terms of our thoughts on Daniel in, in the preseason. We both thought he was going to be a great character, which. Two episodes in, he clearly is a lot of fun to watch. I think our only concern with him was, could he go far, or was he going to like flame out early, as some of these super fans do? And I'm happy to see so far, at least, that he seems to have, you know, a good footing in, in the tribe. Where this green tribe, Bazzi, seems to be a two-two-two split of Jenny and Mike, Daniel and Schnell, Lydia and hi-, hi So it'll be interesting to see if they go to tribal, who links up with who. But no, I, th- I think Daniel's in a pretty good spot so far. He recovered well from his uh, his shoulder incident in the first episode. But yeah, no, I mean, this, like you mentioned, this tr- this cast overall is very likable. I think so. From what I've seen on social media and from talking to you and some other friends, I think more people so far, two episodes in, we have a long way to go, are liking this cast a bit more. And I do think that they are responding pretty well to the twists to- already, especially compared to last season. And I think Daniel brings up a very good point in here because i mean yeah like you could just say to mike listen we're going to use this as ourselves for ourselves and uh don't say anything or if you want to if you're like a fan of the show you want to prevent as many advantages in the game as possible you cut mike out i mean correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure if you cut out one of the idols in the pre-merge they all they all they all lose their power at that point so you eliminate through and so if daniel reads this clue correctly he eliminates three idols off the bat. Now, last season, we didn't see this happen because in season 41, no idols were played. And you're right, even though Xander found the beware advantage and Evie and Tiffany and Liana had a chance to take him out, they they decided you know to take out Voce and they kept in Xander, even though they could have eliminated Xander and his idol because he didn't have a vote. They kept him until the merge and then I mean, granted, no wilds were played, so we it didn't really matter in the end. But now we're seeing a spot where if Vati, the green tribe, loses, we could see Daniel say to Chanel, "I think it's too risky. I think we just we just take him out." So it'll be very interesting to see how Daniel and Chanel choose to play this going forward.
0: And based on the preview, I don't want to read into it too much, but based on that, because based on the preview of next week, it looks like Mike may lose the idol again. So so is is this going to be just like a funny, consistent thing where he just forgets where he buries it? Or are we going to get a situation where Daniel knows that the idol is in a certain place? He saw where it was buried. Maybe Daniel hides the idol from Mike so he can't, he can't activate it. Yeah. I mean, listen.
1: Daniel said when Mike is like, I buried it, you know, in one of these crossroads. And Daniel's like, Mike, there's 20 different crossroads here. You can't just bury it at a fork when they're all forks. And you're right, because technically, like we saw in Game Changers, a lot of these advantages are non-transferable. So Daniel can't steal it from Mike. That being said, if Daniel sees him bury it and then they're going to go to tribal and Mike's like, where did I bury it? Daniel could be like, I don't know. I don't don't remember. I thought you buried it at at this tree or that tree. I have no idea where it is and that could be mike's downfall so i mean by the way Don, i have to say if mike lost it once i wouldn't bury it again i know people go through bags i know people look through your stuff so you don't want to bring it with you but like bury it like under the water like bury it somewhere where you know you're gonna find it don't put it next to a, a tree like that blows my mind and maybe i'm not thinking like a survivor player but whenever i see in these seasons people find idols and then they immediately rebury it by a tree i'm right away like I'm going to lose track of where it is with all these trees, put it next to some type of landmark or something like under the tribe flag somewhere where I know I'm going to find it.
0: Yeah. I, I, again, I, my guess is that the, this whole losing the idol thing is just like a funny, funny character development thing for Mike. And it's just going to be like a thing throughout the season, possibly like a laughable thing. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. Um, now we head to the immunity challenge where we find out Marianne has a crush on Zach. That was pretty hilarious. We spoke at that before. Uh, she couldn't stop talking about it. Um, but then we had a classic blindfold challenge with a caller, something I don't believe we had in season 41. And it's a classic survivor challenge. I, I would say, excuse me, I would say one of my uh, favorite challenge, favorite types of challenges are the blindfold challenges. So it was great, great, great stuff to see. Um, that they brought the blindfold challenge back. And this was a tough one. It was absolutely hilarious, you know, seeing Lydia, Jonathan, Andrea call the challenge. It always is. It's always funny seeing people bump into things. Daniel's commentary from the sidelines was one of the funniest things uh, about this challenge. And then I always think it's hilarious. It's like crazy that the caller has to do the puzzle and the caller has to, you know, direct people where to go in the puzzle. It's a very tough challenge. Um, Yeah. And, and and as and as you uh, put up the comment before yeah, uh, from again. Daniel, I gotta protect the balls, Rockstar. I lined the episode. Yeah, Daniel was great with the sideline yeah. commentary.
1: Yeah, da- Daniel said if Jeff doesn't say a comment about the balls, I- I'll do it. Um, <laughs> and, and listen, it's interesting. I like you. I love the blindfold challenges. I think they're super fun to watch. I mean, I feel bad that people run into everything, but I feel like it makes it kind of fun to see. But you know been You know what? It's if you go on Twitter and you see some former survivors like you know Rob Sisternino or other people, people that have played in these challenges. They can't stand watching it because they know how brutal this is. Like, uh, like Rob, Rob says all the time on his podcast, he watched um, Colby or whoever it was like almost knock Big Tom's head off with one of the brick, uh, one of the blocks while he was blindfolded. So, um, listen, I get I think fans love to see it. I think former players hate to watch it, but I agree with you that I love blindfold challenges. But seeing that added wrinkle of the caller must do the puzzle, but while directing blindfolded people to do it. I'm trying to remember where we've seen it. We've seen it a couple times before. I think the last time I remember seeing it for sure, I think it was millennials Gen X. Cause that yeah. was a challenge where, well, that was a challenge where Figgy was calling and they lost. And then Hannah had the Hannah had like the little panic attack in, uh, on the side, but they've done this once or twice. And I think it's a pretty cool wrinkle to it. Cause you could be leading the whole time. And then if your caller can't direct blindfolded people to do the puzzle, you're going to blow your lead immediately.
0: So confirmed, yes, Millennials Gen X was in it. Uh, my friend is actually watching that season right now, and he just saw this yeah. episode and confirmed that, that that is in season 33. Um, but yeah, great to see it come back. Love to see a classic challenge come back. Um, so obviously here we had Right to the Wire, um, Green and Blue, Win Immunity, Taku goes to Tribal Council, and obviously the group was deciding between Marianne and Myra. But as a viewer, I think we all you know pretty much had a good idea that um, Mariah was going home in this episode.
1: I, I texted you and I was saying to you and, and no offense to any, you know, casual viewers out there, but I said to you um, like, I I'm, I wonder if any, you know, casual viewers are genuinely wondering who's going home because I guarantee you, if you go to like the survivor face of Facebook page, or you were to pull the casuals, or as Jeff says, the people on the streets, I guarantee you, most of them would have said like, Oh, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Marianne or Mariah? Oh, they're showing Marianne a lot. She's getting this whole package about her crush on Zach. Maybe it's her. And I'm like, I, I turned to my dad and I said, it's going to be, f- I mean, it was technically three zero with all the lost votes we had, but I'm like, it's going to be unanimous. Like there's no shot Mariah staying here. I'm um, even, even ignoring what I saw in, in the previews. Cause I didn't want, I I kind of knew what was going to happen by the previews before the season. But I knew for a fact that the reason why the, the after tribal or sorry, after, after tribal after the challenge before tribal, that that little block of strategy there was so short, like, you texted me as well. They, they try to say there's a misdirect of Marianne, but like we see it coming a mile away, honestly.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's just unfortunate uh, for uh, Mariah that she got kind of got uh, stuck with like a tribe that she couldn't really relate to um, again, not her fault. Um, and she has a great story, but uh, one thing I do want to mention here, obviously uh three Oh three Oh vote for Mariah as, um as uh, she sacrifices her vote because she uses shot in the dark. So, and,
1: and, and, because Marianne has an extra vote. So she also sacrificed her vote tonight as well.
0: Right. So, right. So, okay. So yeah. So Marianne had no vote. She got the extra vote. That's great for her. Um, Mariah used the, used the shot in the dark. Now we've had two, two. two, two episodes, two shot in the dark used Again, this is crazy because season 42 did not see season 41 play. And they are adjusting to every single twist that Jeff is throwing at them. And that's a signal of a good cast two episodes in.
1: So here's I think there's a couple ways to break this down because after this I feel like we we can go to questions but there's nothing else to just discuss after this like we said this is pretty straightforward. Um I think this is a fact I think this indicates two things. I think it indicates one that you know like you said this tribe is reacting better to the twists, maybe they're better players, maybe they're better at reading people because maybe Zach and Mariah both said to themselves, you know, I'm reading I'm reading the body language. Like Zach even said in his post-game interviews like when he talked to Swatzi in the first day or two and they're able to talk naturally and like look each other in the face and whatever you get to day three and they're going to tribal and Swathi can't even look him in the eyes. Like you kind of just know, Oh, it's, it's probably me. And I, I wonder if Mariah, when she's talking with Jonathan, Lindsay and Omar, like, Hey, is it me or Marianne? They're like, Oh, well we're going to decide. I think it's, I think it's Marianne. Like it's not going to be you. She probably got, got a feeling and said, I'm, I'm going to play it no matter what. So this tribe is willing to take big risks, which I'm, pr- I'm happy with. But the other thing, Dylan is that I wonder if this is even more credit to Shannon Ricard for last season. Because I know you said, like, oh, well, season 42 may have a stronger cast or better players than 41. You also could argue it's even more impressive what Shannon Ricard did, where they completely, like, snowed their whole tribe with Sarah, with Brad, JD, and Jeannie, where it's like none of those people considered playing their shot in the dark because they felt, oh, I'm with Shannon Ricard, I'm, I'm fine. So I think that's even more impressive what they did um or maybe, maybe that maybe last season was just so scared to risk their votes i don't know
0: so yeah spin, spin zone right there uh you, you could look at it as if shannon record did an impressive job by having those guys not play their their vote their uh their shot in the dark or you could look at it as this cast because adjusting to the twist better uh by using their shot in the darks so Look, I I think it's a little bit of both, probably. Obviously, Shannon and Corb were very impressive what they did last season, but I think I think got feeling so far that we're gonna see a shot in the dark, save somebody this season, and it's gonna be wild.
1: That's gonna be fun to see because now we've
0: obviously seen two for two. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was gonna say I thought it was gonna happen tonight. The way that Jeff like paused, I was like, uh oh, uh, oh, oh, maybe, but that see, yeah, see that. See, that that would have been a brutal way for Marianne to go out. So,
1: oh, oh, that would have been Twitter. Twitter would have been in shambles. I, that I would tell have been you, so bad. People love Marianne so much. She's instant fan favorite. If there's any, if there's any sea of money, it was it's gonna go to Marianne probably or maybe High because is a vegan. But um, but the thing is, like, everyone loves her, and if she went home on a shot in the dark, Twitter would lose their minds. Um. And here's the thing as well, and I think this is a problem with you and I being, you know, such big fans of the show, I read into things too much. When it's 8.57 on the clock, and I'm like, she, she's, he's reading the shot in the dark, I'm like, she doesn't get it. Because then they, then she would have to go out and vote, or whatever, and Jeff had to explain, here's what happens. There wasn't enough time. I should just, like, block the clock. I
0: honestly, I, I wasn't even paying attention to that. Cause I, was I like, should just,
1: like, cover the I, clock and be like, I'm not even going to see what time it is.
0: Well, I was like, well, only three people have their votes, so it wouldn't have taken long anyway. It would have been just, like, a quick thing. So I didn't think it was, I didn't really think the time yeah. mattered, but, you, you know. Oh, but always I was going
1: to say what I was going to say was, I think you're right where yes, every time you do it, it's a one in six shot. Now here's the thing. Every time they put their shot, uh, shot in the dark end, it's a one in six chance at that tribal, what we need to figure out. And I'm sure this has been proven, but I'll go, maybe I'll look at some interviews or whatever. I guess if let's just say two people, let's just say it's the merge now. And let's just say you know, Lindsay and Tori play their shots in the dark it's a one in six chance for each of them. I assume I, like, like I, yeah. I assume, I assume yeah, like yeah. your chances don't get better. So yeah. So we'll have to see what happens in terms of two people doing it. But I think you're right. I think if we're already seeing two people back-to-back tribals use it, we're going to see it happen again. And I would not be surprised if someone turns their thing over and it says you are safe and the pandemonium that's going to happen. So we'll have to see what goes on there.
0: So far the shot in the dark has been played three times in survivor so far, and we are 0- 0 for 3 with it saving someone. So we're due. I mean, listen. Voce said it's a sixteen point six 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 chance. Like it, it, it's
1: not common. Like you're not likely to get it.
0: Right, right, right. All right. So let's get to questions now. Yeah. Uh, I just want to remind everyone to drop your questions in. We will get to them. Um, yeah. If we could, be sure to like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Really helps us out. Um, like like the video really helps us. So if you haven't done that already and you're watching, be sure to do that. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Soul Survivor Pod. Scrolling on the bottom. Um, subscribe to Apple, Spotify, uh, any other platform you may listen on we are probably there so links in the description below and let's get to the questions
1: yeah we o- we only have three questions so far so while we're talking feel free to put more in the comments i'd have to just pull up two comments not questions that made me laugh i mean obviously the the marianne billy garcia just just it kills me every time <laughs> I-, I saw people on twitter being like um zach from Ica Tribe. yeah we got mouth of words i love you. <laughs> it- it's it's so good um and then uh, Tyler also had a comment here, like, you know, Tori and Drea, could they be the Dom and Chris where they try to work together, to, like, go after each other? I could see it happening. Um, but, yeah, so if we get to our questions, let's go with Christian first. Christian has a couple questions. Uh, hey, guys, if Marianne makes the merge, do you think she's a GOAT and a zero-vote finalist or a third runner-up in the finals? So this is a good question because you're kind of saying to yourself, like, is she – I mean, it's right there. Like, like, is she like an Angelina? Is she like a, like, um, like like a Chelsea or Troy or is she more like, um, like, you know, Xander or whatnot? I think off the bat, I would not say she's a goat. like right now, Marianne is so likable, even with her energy that I don't think she is goat worthy in a sense. I think she would be very likable and a threat to win. And by proxy, I think if she makes it there, she'll win. So she wouldn't be third runner up. Um, my current prediction, unless Marianne, you know, proves us wrong and makes it there, I think I do see her falling victim to like an Elaine spot where final six, seven, eight, somewhere in the mid merge. I see them just saying like, look, I'm sorry, we, we can't let you get any further. And Marianne, it's just something against you. We just, we're going to lose to you. That's my prediction. Um, but I think if she makes the merge, which I think she will from what we're seeing so far, I think she's going to be a person where if you don't take her out, she'll win the game, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna. don't think she's a goat at all. And again, again, we're we're very early. For all we know, next episode she could she could find uh, the. You you said she could be like
1: JD. You don't know
0: for for F. Yeah, for all we know, she could she could be she could find an idol next next episode or three episodes from now, and all of a sudden she's a huge threat. I I already think she's a threat simply because of likability. So no, I don't think she's a goat. And obviously, we're only two episodes in. So how could I judge this really, at this point?
1: Yeah, Christian has another question. Um, Do you think Drea Wheeler has a Natalie Anderson or a Vesepia Towery winner at it? So this is interesting because um, I will admit, I watched Marquesa a long time ago. So my my knowledge is a bit like limited on it. Obviously, I I remember the fall of the road to four. I remember the Purple Rock. I I remember Marquesa's moments, but like some of the individual players do get a little bit like blurry for me. I know Vesepia had a great social game. And I know she did pretty well in terms of maneuvering, um, to, you know, flip the game on its head. I do think she played a bit of a different game than Natalie though. Cause Natalie obviously is a very physical player. She's very blunt. Um, and, and obviously Natalie was in a bad situation when Jeremy left, but she was able to turn it around, infiltrate her Alliance back, back in. And then obviously the classic moments of Jacqueline, did you vote for who I told you to vote for? Um, Quick side note, Dylan, I was watching some videos on YouTube where it was like the Survivor alphabet where it's like A is for this, B is for this. Like, um, like for example, N was like, Natalie, can I have your jackets? Um, but J was like, Jacqueline, did you vote for who I told you to vote for? And it gives me chills every time. But um, I, I guess just to answer the question, and I'll pass it over to you, I feel like it's maybe a little too early. I mean, she obviously gives me Natalie vibes in terms of them being strong physical females and them being willing to take risks and go for, you know, some advantages, um vicepi is a harder connection for me I, I have to think about it more but it's possible she could have a natalie anderson winner at it the only thing is that natalie because natalie's tribe won a lot we didn't see natalie a lot early on and we're seeing a lot of drea early on
0: this could go two different ways is she is is drea gonna make a deep run in this game or is she the michaela who brings her threat levels so high pre-merge that she gets cut right before you know, somebody who's dominant in every aspect of the game, pretty much to the point where right before the merge, they say, no, she can't be here going into the merge. Otherwise she's way too big of a threat in terms of individual immunities and just in terms of gameplay. So I think, you know, it's a little, and I have to see what happens with what we call the mess the mess of a tribe right now in the blue tribe.
1: Yeah, I just think that's basically from what we saw last season in 41, even though we did lose someone kind of physical. I mean, I guess you could argue Voce was like kind of physical, and so was Brad and JD, but typically you don't vote out your strongest member in a three in a three-tribe season. So like Jonathan's not gonna go anywhere, kind of like how Danny wasn't gonna go anywhere, or like Xander didn't go anywhere. I just don't think Drea goes pre-merge unless unless they have a swap. Although I think you and I predicted there's going to be no swap. Like there was no swap last season. Cause I could see her being a swap, a swap like swap screwed or swap booted. I could see that happening, but I just don't like they need Drea. They clearly need her. Like she, she didn't even do the physical part tonight and she still led them to a victory on the puzzle. So like, I don't think she's going to lose, but I think she could be a, you know, right. When the merge happens, like she's got to go. I agree. Two more questions so far. Um, Christian's last question here is, I think Daniel's going to be a threat in the merge and possibly making the semifinals or final four. If so, I think he wins the final immunity challenge and makes fire and loses fire. Okay, so he thinks that Daniel could go all the way to the end at this point and be our loser in the fire-making challenge. Um, So so if I read this correctly, Dylan, is Christian saying that he's going to be... Like a Chris Underwood, where he wins the challenge, he puts himself into fire and he loses fire. So let's just say, let's just say he and Chanel are like like this the whole game. They're they're very tight, and they go to the end. And I'm making this up. He goes, okay, Chanel's gonna win this game if I don't take her out. He puts himself into fire to take her out, and he loses. Like, is that you think what Christian is trying to say here?
0: Yeah, but I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna withhold answering this question because I think we need to see more. It's just it's way too early to make any judgments here
1: the one thing i ca- i can think we you and i can opine on is could daniel be a threat in the merge and i think that yes. we can i think we can answer both sides like if he makes it there with how he already was reading mike's advantage and how he was already thinking about either we do this or we cut him loose daniel knows this game and how to navigate through it so if he makes it there i do think he could be a threat
0: yeah i, I do agree um all right so from tyler here we have he says i know you guys went over it but for the blue tribe who would you say is in the best and worst position um, oh, he said. I know you guys went over for the blue tribe, but who's who's on the best? And oh, worst? King's tribe. Okay, King's tribe. Okay. So yeah, I'll leave. The, I'll leave the thing up here. So yeah. I would say, I would say the best position. I think Romeo's in the best position for. Um, Romeo's in the best position for blue. Um, worst position. I would still go Tori because I it agree. seems like you want to get her out. I would say for the green tribe, I would say Daniel's in the best position, right? Uh well it's, hard. it's, hard. it's, it's kind of hard to see because like I think High's in a good spot. I think Lydia's in a good spot. I think Daniel's in a good spot. I think Mike obviously is vulnerable given the idol, but you know, we haven't really seen any dynamics on them because they haven't gone to um tribal yet. And then for the orange tribe, uh, I would say that Omar. Uh, is probably in the best spot and uh Marianne is is in the worst spot simply because the numbers, but again, she has the extra votes, so or she would just need to flip one person to go to her side to change everything up.
1: Yeah, no, I I can't disagree with anything you're saying. I mean, again, Romeo and Tori seems pretty obvious for the blue tribe. Um, and then for Taku, the orange tribe. Um, it's interesting because I I could see myself saying Omar's in the best spot because he and Jonathan have a close bond. And I guess by proxy he's close with Lindsay. And I think from what we see in the preview, I think he's actually closer to Marianne than Jonathan is. So overall, Omar has a connection to each person on the tribe where Jonathan is a bit stronger with Omar and Lindsay, and he's a little bit looser with Marianne. So I would say Omar. And I guess, like you said, Marianne would be in the worst position, but I don't know if that, that's gonna matter really. Um, I mean, maybe, I mean, listen, Omar can make a move where he I don't know. Maybe he uses an extra vote for Mariana. Maybe they take out Jonathan's ally and Lindsay, so he brings him closer. I don't know. It's a possibility. But Vati, the Green Tribe, is the one that's the hardest because they haven't lost yet, and the tribe still look like look like look like a two-two-two splits. And Daniel, again, like you mentioned, appears to be in the best spot because he has his connection with Chanel, and they're both strong players. But Mike is going to him with information. I guess people seem to trust him. So I guess I would say Daniel, but that, but I guess in the worst spot. I guess, like you said, Mike, because, you know, now Mike's uh, advantage is kind of out in the open with Daniel, Chanel, and Jenny, so he could be a threat there. The only other person that I could see being in trouble on the Green Tribe is maybe Jenny, because if they lose and Lydia High, Chanel, and Daniel team up, maybe they want to keep Mike for his challenge threats. But, oh, here's a, here's a, here's an, an idea, and I would hate to do this because I, I love Jenny, and I think you like Jenny as well. Um, maybe Daniel wants to get rid of Mike to get rid of the idol, or... If he wants to go with the first route to keep Mike to use the idol as a group, maybe he says, like, we keep Mike as a number, but we weaken Mike by taking out Jenny because Jenny's not as strong as Mike in the challenges. Like, so I guess I'll say Jenny or Mike is in the worst position. But again, we need to see Vati go to tribal to kind of
0: see where these lines are definitively drawn. Yeah, I I do agree with that. All right. So looks like, uh, we are going to wrap up for this episode. Um, if you have any additional questions, be sure to leave it in the comment section of this video, comment, any, any thoughts you have, honestly comment, uh, really helps us out. Um, once again, thanks every, thank you to everybody who's watching. Uh, thank you to everybody who watched live. Um and yeah that's that's all we got for this week. We will be back Wednesday. Um be sure to also drop in the comments any potential guests you may want us to have on. I've already uh spoke to uh Hef actually who was actually going to join us tonight but he didn't end, he did, he did not end up watching in time. So could not so so uh, he's probably watching right now actually as we talk but for those who uh who are OG fans of us uh we did have a third host um and he you know hopefully will be joining us a few times this season so Hopefully one of these episodes we'll get him on, even if it's just a little bit, but in terms of like uh, actual survivor guests, survivor, former contestants um, let us know in the comments. We'll try to see what we could do. I think, you know, we haven't had one since Davey, like uh, around this time of last season. Mm-hmm. So uh, We're due for another guest. So we're going to have to try to see what we can make happen.
1: Yeah. I need to, I need to text uh, uh, Jordan to see how he's like in the season so far. I, um, I, I I have a feeling he might be liking it so far with the characters, but I'll have to see. Is last question: Is Jordan a fan of soccer? Would he be offended by Mike's comments? He he would not. He would not. Okay, so if so if what if he if he insulted uh, uh, if Mike didn't like football or whatever, he would be more upset. Yeah, probably. But clearly, <laughs> but, but see, but clearly, like Mike loves football, so that's not going to be a concern. Right, right, um, right. But yeah, no, hopefully uh, you're right, and hopefully Hef has the time to join us once or twice because I think you know it's always fun chatting with you, Dylan. But I think Hef with his uh, hot take sometimes really brings some heat uh, to the podcast. Of um,
0: <laughs> of course. Of course.
1: <laughs> but yeah, as always, like, thank you again for watching us. Uh, and we have nothing else for you. So once again, grab your torches and head back to camp.
0: Good night.